0: Jesus. child and break it and share it with them you may partake of the body of the Lord as they had to put the blood of the lamb over their doorposts and their windows to symbolize that they are serving a living God to symbolize that they are the people of God so that death does not enter in. You take the blood of the Lamb showing Jesus that even though one day your body might die you live forevermore Death does not enter here. Because you will forever and forever will be in the clouds of glory with Him. You may partake of the blood of the Lamb. What an, what an awesome presence there is in, the, in this place presence of the Lord is, is right here in this place to heal and deliver and set free I I need to change the, the, the program around if, if y'all all don't mind please and because of the, the presence of the Lord is is right here, ready to, to do something in your lives. And I don't want to break them. So if you all don't mind, can I go into the word of the Lord this morning? Is that fine with you all? And then we will take up the offering and Sandra will come up and Sesson will come up and after I'm done, we'll give them time to do so and give them the honor with that as well. Thank you, sir. So I want to, I want to minister to you. Uh, please put your hands together for this team behind me. For their servitude hearts. Thank you. Thank you, Declan. I know I'm being a nuisance. So thank you so much. Just uh, Maybe just a little bit softer. Just on the monitors. Thank you. You know those moments where you have in service where you just don't know how to, how to end and how to stop it and you just want to continue in the presence of the Lord. It's like what they did in the book of Acts on the day of Pentecost. And it just continued and continued and continued and they didn't know how to stop and how to uh, stop anything because the Lord was in the place. There's, I want to preach to you this morning from, from the subject of Psalm 121, my help comes from the Lord. I'll give you my title just now. Uh, but uh, my wife and I throughout the past, all the years that we've been together, past 20 years we married and three years before then, 23 years together, we have been through so much so much and we realize that he took us through so much so that when we preach to you it's from conviction and from knowing already what you are feeling that's why there's so much of emotion that is that we preach from how many of you enjoyed friday night men and women of purpose i was so blessed to see so many ladies here but i was even more blessed To see so many men that were here, over 40 men were here on Friday night. It was uh, such a great uh, success, if I can call it then. And praise the Lord for what he has done, uh, for what He's done in your lives. So, Psalm, let me go straight into it and let me do what, what the Lord needs me to do. Psalm 121, please. You know, the, the presence of the Lord is, is so powerful. And we, we sometimes feel as, as a human being that I, I need to uh, scream and shout in order to evoke the presence of the Lord. Um, but sometimes, just sometimes, there's just the stillness. Be still and know that I am God. There's just the stillness that needs to come upon the church. And the presence of the Lord takes over. Because prayer is a dialogue. It's not a monologue. There has to be a time when you remain silent. And listen to the presence of the Lord. So there has to be moments in service. Where we keep silent. And listen to what the presence of the Lord is saying. And what he wants to do. In and through your lives. Amen. So Psalm 121 says I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth he will not allow your foot to be moved he who keeps you will not slumber behold he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep the Lord is your keeper The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in. From this time forth and even forevermore. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you still here in the house this morning? Don't be silent on me. I'm going to give you my title. I'm going to give you my topic, but please don't get scared. I'm going to give you my my title, my topic for today. Uh, Just hold on to your seat. Hold on to your loved one. Please don't be scared and don't get scared about my title. I'm going to give you my title. Are you ready for this? Right. So yes, please help me preach uh, from the subject. Ah! I need help are you okay I'm going to preach to you from the subject as I realize every one of us at some point in our lives we go through a season or a time where we scream and shout alone in our closet where nobody else knows about it so much. So Lord, I need help. I need help. I need help. I don't know which way to go. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do it, but please, Lord, I need help. Is there anybody here this morning that has felt yourself in some point in your life where you just scream and say, Lord, I need help. So I'm not going to be cute about the subject. I'm not going to be all, um, Lord, I need help. (laughs) Ah, Lord, I need help. When it's a matter of life and death, when you don't know which way to turn, and nothing seems to work and help, it's just, ah, I need help. There's nothing wrong to scream. There's nothing wrong in shouting. There's nothing wrong in screaming before the Lord and saying, I need help, please help me. Allow me to share with you from the word of God, Psalm 121 and give you a full description of what Psalm 121 is. just eight verses from verse 1 to 8 and what it is saying. And I'm going to teach you how to read the book of Psalms. And each psalm that was written. First, let's go to Psalm 27, verse 9. It says, Do not hide your face from me, do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not leave me nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. Psalm 33, verse 20 says, O soul, our soul waits for. The Lord. He is our help and our shield. Psalm 40 verse 17. But I am poor and needy. Yet the Lord thinks upon me. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, oh my God. Psalm 46 verse 1. God is our refuge and strength a very present help in trouble psalm 54 verse 4 behold god is my helper the lord is with those who uphold my life <laughs> you want god to be with you uphold my life You want God to be with you? Uphold the life of your loved one. You want God to be with you? Uphold the life of your children. Uphold the life of your family. Uphold the life of your friends. Uphold the life of them that work with you. Uphold, the Bible says, esteem one another. Psalm 124 verse 8. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. I want to put you this morning church that your helper is the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus that's living inside of you. Your Your helper is the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus who Ch- has chosen your body as his house. How is your body? Let me give you a, a, a quick story about my life and how, how I came to meet and know personally the Holy Spirit. Around 1999, it was the 31st of January, uh, 1999. I called up uh, the governor house, and it was a Sunday afternoon. Um, my wife, well, girlfriend back then, well, 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 this girl that I liked, she had on uh, Converse or black jeans, and a sharp Manchester skipper. And I and I called her up, and I and I called the house, and her dad answered the phone. 31st of January 1999, just a few weeks after Daniel was born, and I said, and he said, Hello. I said, Hello, can I speak to Nellini, please? Who's this? Meantime, they already knew who was on the phone, and they were having a good laugh about it. It's Donovan. Don't ask me why I said that name. I was petrified at hell. I, I feared the man so much. His voice alone made me shake. So I said, and they were laughing about it. They knew already who it was. He was in the band. We already were serving together. We played music together. So he already knew me. And he already knew that I liked his daughter. So um, he said, oh, okay, hold on. She came on the phone. I said, this is who it is. She's laughing about it. I said, can I come over and see you? So I uh, I didn't steal my dad's car. I asked him permission. Yeah, I asked for permission. I took his car and I went over to the house. I went and saw there. I saw her whole family was there, and uh, she eventually was like, "So, um, so I guess uh, I, I'm, uh, I'm uh, We were talking about something, and she says "So I guess that makes me a girlfriend now." And I'm like, "Well, it's, uh, well, it's quite sudden, but all right, no problem. I don't mind. I didn't even have to ask her. She already, you know, had all eyes on me as well, <laughs> both ways. So." And then we, we went on and, and the two days after, on the 2nd of February, I started college. And I used to travel by taxis. I wasn't like all the other students in campus that had a lot of money that could buy, uh, have fancy clothes, had fancy cl- uh, um, uh, food to eat, drove fancy cars. No, I traveled by taxi. You all know what that is like? I travel with taxi, so, and I, my dad just gave me a little that I just needed for the whole uh, month, that I needed just for for the whole month, and I had to plan myself, I couldn't spend it all, I had to keep a 20 rand every day for taxi, so I had to travel every day from this place, from Laneysia Sound, to town, walk half an hour down into town, take another taxi to Bramley, and then walk another half an hour down to campus. And if you didn't know, I was, you might not believe it, but I was very inferior. I was, I was petrified of people. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't talk. I didn't have much friends. I couldn't talk. I couldn't talk to people. I couldn't make friends. I was inferior. I was, I was scared. So I went to this place and seeing everybody, everybody that does not look like me. With their fancy cars, with their fancy clothing, and everybody's got a girlfriend, Oh boyfriend, and i 'm little on me all alone, and I found this book at home says by Benny Hinn titled "Good Morning, Holy Spirit." And I started reading this book, and I fell in love with it after the first page. and this book became my lifeline, became my go to place i didn 't know much then about the Holy Spirit and anything else, and every break time. I should go, uh, I should just have enough for taxi. So just the five rand that I had, I remember, $4.99, I bought a small packet of chips. There was a Nando's on campus. During lunch break, everybody's sitting down with their fancy Nando's. I know you all feel like Nando's right now after church, probably. And everybody's sitting with their Nando's, and here am I with nothing, just with my taxi money. And I need this 20 rand so I can get back home. And I went to, went to Nando's, got a small chips. And I was so scared. I didn't have any friends, didn't know where to sit down. I used to go to the bathroom, go into the toilet cubicle, hide myself there with my small packet of chips. True story. And then I didn't have cooling, I couldn't buy cool ring, So I should drink the water in the bathrooms from the taps. And that sustained me every day. I guess it was God's way of of helping me and teaching me how to sustain my body just on water so that I could fast and learn how to fast. I didn't know at the time that maybe he was teaching me some things. So I should hide myself in this cubicle, go out and drink water, come back, hide myself back in the toilet, sit on the toilet pan, eat the chips, and sit and read this book cover to cover. I read it over and over the entire year, just sat and reading this book. Right there in the toilet, I got baptized with the Holy Spirit. With the evidence of speaking in tongues, I had no idea what came upon me. He became so real to me that he became my ever-present helper. He became my helper with everything. He became so real to me, he became literally a real person right next to me. When I got off the taxi, walking down to campus, I used to talk to this person next to me as if he was really there. Literally having a conversation with him. Holy Spirit, how are you? How are you today? So where are we going today? What are we going to do? I should literally talk to him like he was my best friend. You know all your, your children have an imaginary friend? Well, I had an imaginary friend. His name was the Holy Spirit. And I fell in love with getting to know him through reading this book. Walking down, just speaking in tongues. Walking down the road. I remember in Bramley going down to, to campus, speaking to him. And one day, while sitting in class, and break time came and everyone left. I said, okay, let me not go to the toilet this time. Let me stay back in class. And the entire class was empty. I sat in the classroom and just opened up this book and just started reading again. One of my favorite chapters in it. Just started reading. And as clear as a human being seated right next to me, he whispered in my ear, I love you, Rowan as clear as day. I will never forget that moment. And I realized maybe, maybe it's why up till now that I get revelation when I'm standing in my bathroom. True story. My family will tell you this. Whenever I stand in my shower, the Lord begins to speak to me. Whenever I stand in my bathroom, revelation comes. Sometimes I will go not knowing what I'm going to give you on a Sunday morning. And I will just go and stand in my bathroom. I'll stand just underneath the water. I will come out and I will tell her so many things. And I will will speak to my wife and tell her I will write down on my phone an entire message that the Lord will give unto me. There's something about me and a bathroom. and you ask my family at home, ask my mother-in-law how many times I'm just in the bathroom, just standing underneath the shower. It's just something that happens with me. And as clear as day as a real living person, he said, "I love you, Rowan." I said, "Whoa." And I just whispered back, "I love you, Holy Spirit." And he just began to commune with me. And it's from that very moment that my favorite scripture, Zechariah 4, 6, came out and it's so much revelation to me that it is not by might nor by power, but by the Spirit of the Lord, of the living God, says the Lord of hosts. The Holy Spirit, I plead to you, the case I bring before you, that the Holy Spirit is your helper and he will help you through every single step so allow me please to share with you to the word of the god word of the lord psalm 121 is your footstep is the steps that you take psalm 121 is your life footsteps every day your journey is psalm one twenty-one. Right in the top of Psalm 121, you will see that there is Psalm 121 and then there is a subheading, a title. And it's, it's, it's an inscription. That is what it is called. It's an inscription. God, the help of those who seek Him. And then you will see it says a song of ascents. Can you see that? A song of ascents. Those are words in superscription. I'm giving you a Bible study now. Those are words in superscription. The first superscription you will find is Psalm 120. There are 15 of these special psalms. Psalm 121 is the second one. There are words in superscription, a song of ascents. In the ancient days, the the Israelites would travel to Jerusalem for a holiday and a feast. They will travel by foot and it's completely uphill. They will travel uphill, looking to the mountains, looking to the hills. They will travel uphill and they'll be so excited traveling with their friends on foot, traveling with their friends, with their families, traveling together, going to so excited for the feast and so excited for the holidays and so excited of making new um, sacrifices unto God. And scholars believe that the song of ascents were written to be sung along the journey from the lowlands of Palestine all the way up to Jerusalem. A song of ascents was one of the songs uh, that, that was written for people to sing on their journey, on their holiday. So in other words, when you go on holiday, a song of ascents in the book of Psalms are songs that we sing while we're on a journey to our holiday, you got it? This is what a song of a sense is. And they sung the song, looking unto the hills, looking to the mountaintops, and mountains were very symbolic. There are many great things that happened on the mountaintops. The sacrifice of Isaac on Mount Moriah, the giving of the law on Mount Sinai, the transfiguration of Christ. The Sermon of the, on Mount Olive, uh, Sermon on the Mount, we know it as the Sermon on, on Mount Olive. Scholars, you will know it as the Sermon on Mount Olivet. Uh, biblical scholars will, will know it as that. Mount uh, Olive or Olivet is very symbolic because it was the place where Jesus ascended up to heaven. And scholars believe, ancient scholars believe that it is the place where he will descend back to come back to earth to receive us. The Sermon on the Mount. And then you have Elijah's prophetic showdown on Mount Carmel. And then the entire world look to this one place. The crucifixion of Christ Jesus on Mount Calvary. The traveler looks to the hills and then he looks inward. We interpreted the scripture very differently. We looked. Look at me. Look at me. We looked at the scripture and says, "I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help." No, your help does not come from the hills. This is not you down in a valley and looking up to the mountain looking up to the hills and say I will look to this hills and where my help comes from, my help comes no, he looks to the hills and then he looks inwardly, he looks to the hills, he looks to to the mountains, he looks to his life he looks to his journey on the mountains there's not only good, uh, good things, the Bible also says have faith in God for surely I say to you, if you say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, it Shall be done. A mountain is not only something that is majestic, a mountain is also something that needs to be removed from your life. And the Bible is clear and says, When you speak to this mountain, so you have to know your mountain. The mountaintops and the hills is something majestic, but it's also something that brings uh, pain, it brings fear. there's there's trouble along the way there's danger along the way when you go on the mountain there's insecurities there's there's robbers there's people that want to attack you there's animals that will want to attack you it is not safe it is a quiet and lonely place so he looks to the hills look at scripture he says I will lift up my eyes to the hills dash and then there's a question from whence cometh my help? question mark and then he gives the answer this is how that's the scripture needs to be interpreted husband and wife fighting the husband is causing so much of pain the wife looks at him and looks at him I am looking to you I'm looking at what you're doing but you know what where is my help gonna come from I know it's coming from the Lord this is the inscription and the interpretation of the text I am looking to the hills. I'm looking to my life. I'm looking at my journey. I'm looking at what it's going to bring me. I'm looking at this and I'm fearful. I have anxiety. I'm scared of what's going to come. I'm looking to these hills. But I know and I know that my help comes from the Lord. He looks to the hills. Looks at his journey. Looks at his life. But he knows that his help comes from the Lord. Psalm 121 is what writers call an internal monologue. You and I may know it as talking to yourself. This is not something that is crazy. It is something that we do every day. Unconsciously, we talk to ourselves every single day. We talk to ourselves all the time. This is an internal monologue. Psalm 121 is a traveler traveling on his way, on his journey. And he begins to talk to himself. Oh, I'm looking at these hills. I'm looking at my life. I'm looking at my journey. It's going to be such a far long journey. But still I know. You know what? My help comes from the Lord. And he begins to talk to himself. He feels anxiety about the high hills and he's fearful about his journey. He looks all around to see, find a bit of hope, to find some peace for his journey. And at last in verse 2, he gives the perfect, correct answer. I've looked above, I've looked behind, I've looked all around, I've looked to the left, I've looked to the right, i looked all around, finally the source of my help is the Lord. My help comes from the Lord. And he probably was screaming on the way when he saw a rattlesnake. Ah, help me somebody, help me. He finally got, maybe got scared when he saw some robbers trying to attack him and steal all that he had. Ah, leave me alone. And he started screaming and he ran. And then finally he said, Lord, help me, Lord, help me. Is this not what we have to do in our lives? Every part of our lives when we face danger, when we face adversity, when we face fear. Lord help me for I don't know what to do. I plead with you a case this morning. That the Holy Spirit that lives right there inside of you is your helper. And he can help with every home Every marriage, every finance, every relationship, every child. He can help with whatever the situation is, whatever the problem is. He is a God that can help you. There is nothing too difficult and hard for the Lord. For He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly more than you ask, or think, or imagine. He can put together, He can separate, He can bring back, He can reconcile, He can restore, He can revive, He can renew. What is too hard for the Lord? Scripture, all through Scripture, He's guiding us, telling us that He is our help. He is our help. And then he says, My Lord, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. The heavens that are above the earth. That I'm seeing right now. This journey that I'm taking. Heaven and earth. Beginning and the end. You are the beginning of my journey. And you are at the end of my journey. For you are the author. And you are the finisher. Of my journey. And of my life. And everything I do. And everything I say. You orchestrate it. You are in the center of it. If you only surrender. And if you only plead your case before him. Lord. Lord, I give you my heart. This is what I did in the year 1999, not knowing much, but all I knew is that I needed him because I had nobody else. I needed him. I needed him to help me through my studies. I needed him to help me through my journey. I needed him to help me because I felt so weak, inadequate. I felt so little. I felt so small in front of everyone else. So I needed Him. I wonder if sometimes God allows us to go into a place of smallness so that we can see how big He is. And from verse 3 right up to 8 is a promise of help. Our life is fulfilled in Psalm 121. Verse 3 to 8 is our life's journey. And verse 3 says, he will not allow your foot to be moved. He will not allow your foot to slip. Maybe your Bible says, he who keeps you will not slumber. In other words, he will not allow us to slumber and fall. The same God who keeps you upright is the same God who never slumbers. He never falters. You might feel that you are falling down. You might feel that you are weak. You might feel that, you know what? I am worthless. I lost it. I lost this race. Or I lost this marriage. Or I lost this home. I lost this car. I lost this life of mine. I lost this company. But God says, no. I still look at you as my child. And I can still do greater works inside of you because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world and he clearly tells us the scripture verse 3 is clearly telling us that you might think you failed but I don't look at you as a failure Because you might think you fell down. You have no idea how I'm keeping you up. The same God that is able to keep you up. To keep you from falling. Is the same God that never slumbers. He never falls. He never falters. He is always there. Even though our mind cannot perceive that he is there. That's why the Bible says be led by the spirit. And not by the flesh. Because the mind cannot see when God is there. You see, he taught me this early 1999. That you have to rest on me. You have to rely on me. You have to shut your mouth and allow me to work through you. I say, Holy Spirit, I love you. He says, I love you back. Listen now to what I have to tell you. And revelation upon revelation, upon revelation started growing inside my bosom year and year and year and year all for this season I could never stand in front of people I stayed away every Friday because I didn't want to go up and do orals I couldn't speak to people. Coming from a school where everybody knew me. I was the captain of the volleyball team. So everybody knew me. Going to a place where now nobody knows you. And nobody even wants to know you. It was then I realized how much I need him. Because I cannot do it on my own. You see when you are in school. You think you are this big cool dude. That everybody knows you. And everybody loves you until you're all left all alone with no money and then you see how many people truly love you everybody loves you when you have the car everybody loves you when you have the money but who loves you when you're all alone He took me to a cave in 1999 and grew me in this cave so that I may know him and nobody else. So when I step out from the mountain, I step out only with his glory and not my own glory. Verse 4 says, behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber. No sleep. When you are tired and weary and feeling weak, it's okay to rest. Let me put it before you, church, that it is okay to rest. It is okay to put your phone off sometimes. It is okay to put social media off sometimes. It is okay to put the TV off sometimes. It is okay to lock your car keys away sometimes. It is okay to just lock yourself up in your room sometimes and not answer anybody, not speak to anybody. It's okay to feel weak sometimes. Because he tells me, that he watches over me. Even when I need to sleep. Even when I'm weak. Even when I'm down. He watches over me. For he never sleeps. nor slumbers. He watches over me. He watches when you fail. He watches when you are asleep. He watches when you're feeling down. He watches and knows everything you're ever going through and everything you ever will go through to church. He knows you by name. The Bible says that my name is inscribed on the palm of his hand. And he knows every hair on my body. Never mind, I don't have hair on my head. The Bible says that he knows me by name before I was in my mother's womb and before the foundations of Genesis. He knows me. Hello. Come on, church. That's a point right there that you're missing to scream and shout about some things. That he knows you and he knows you and he knows you. He is not a friend that's going to stop knowing you just because you dissed him a little bit. Just because you blue tick God last night, he's not going to stop speaking to you and just keep away from you. And one day when you go, Lord, why aren't you speaking to me anymore? But when I try to speak to you on Saturday night, you blue tick me and you dissed me. So why must I speak to you now? I'm going to find a new friend. No, that is what your friend will do. That is what maybe your girlfriend will do. That is what maybe your boyfriend will do. But Jesus says, "Lo, I am with you all the way through it all. I will never leave you, nor will I ever forsake you. Verse 5, the Lord is your keeper, the Lord is your shade at your right hand. The Israeli heat in the desert over the traveling was scorching. If you ever, any one of you, I know a few of you, many of you, some of you have been to Israel. You will know that the heat in the desert of Israel, when when you're walking up, it's scorching. And traveling along the road, the heat scorches. And the heat can kill you so much to a point of giving up. There is not a single drop of liquid in your body. And it says, shade over your right hand. In other words, listen to this. He will give you peace over the right decisions that you make. Shade over your right hand. He will give you peace over the right decisions that you make. Isaiah 43 Verse 1 and 2 says, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burnt. Nor shall the flame scorch you. I will be with you through it all. And verse 6, bringing this to a close. It says, the sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. In other words, he will protect you in the journey of your life. He will protect you in the journey of your life. Verse 7, the Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He will keep you and save you from all evil. Yes, listen very carefully. Yes, bad things happen, but they happen under his supervision and long-term goals. Bad things happen, but they happen under his supervision and his long-term goals. His eyes on the sparrow. He watches over you. And everything you go through, he says, I am your help in time of need. Everything you face, I, the Lord, I am your helper. I am your helper. I am your shield. I am your shade. Yes, bad things will happen to you. And they are going to happen to you. But they happen under my supervision. And they happen under my long-term goals for your life. He turns everything that was bad around for your good. Everything around. Psalm 121 is a psalm we go to if you are feeling weak. If you are feeling suicidal. If you are feeling depressed. If you are feeling all alone and you feel like giving up. Psalm 121, go back to this message. Go back to today's message. Psalm 121 is your life's journey. He will keep your soul. It says he will preserve your soul. In other words, he will keep your soul. The Hebrew word here is life. In other words, he will keep your life. Verse 8 says, the Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in. From this time forth and even forevermore. He will watch over your life. So he's saying in verse 7 and 8, he will keep you from evil. He will keep your life and he will keep you every day. The Lord will keep you every single day. Every day of your life, he will keep you. He will guide you and protect you. Every day he will be your help. And when you tire one will just scream, Aah! I need help. He says, I'm right here, right inside of you. My help is there with you. Your help comes from me. Can you not know it? Can you not see it? I am the Lord that is able to do a new thing in your life. I am right there to help you. And you might scream again, Ah! help and he says I am right here to help you call upon the name of the Lord in the time of trouble he will deliver you and you shall glorify him this is what Psalm chapter 50 says my second favorite scripture call upon me in the day of trouble Lord I call upon you and you are my helper when I have none other You will help me through everything. He is your shade. He is your guide, your standby, your fortress. I will guide you. I will heal you. I will be your shield when darts come at you. I will be your lifter when you feel weak and you cannot walk. I will be your comfort when you need guidance and liberation. I will be your cover when you need shade. I am your peace. In the midst of a storm. I am right there with you. I am right there with you. We say Psalm 23 and Psalm 91. But allow me to pray Psalm 121. Over your life. For this is your life's journey. I know we speak Psalm 91. No plague, no plague, no plague. But Psalm 121 is my life's journey and my help comes from the Lord. I will lift up mine eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. The Lord that made heaven and earth, he said, he will not suffer thy foot, thy foot to be moved. The Lord that keepeth thee, he will not slumber nor sleep. Oh, the Lord is thy keeper, the Lord is thy shade Upon the right hand, upon the right hand No, the sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night He shall preserve thy soul even forevermore, My help My help My help All of my help Come from ram the My help I have coming from the Lord The sun shall not smite thee by day Nor the moon by night He shall preserve your soul He will be there with you through everything I will never leave nor forsake you my help cometh from, from the Lord. It comes from the Lord. storms and fears I'm facing peer pressure and doubt I'm facing troubled times I'm facing pain and agony I'm facing times of giving up I'm facing times like this marriage is not working for me I'm facing times like this relationship is not helping me i'm facing times like it's just coming against me every time i'm facing times like she just doesn't understand me i'm facing times like i cannot even speak to my son i'm facing times like i don't even know how to communicate with my daughter i'm facing times like i just want to scream ah i need help but i know but i know I will lift my hands and gazing upon you. Now I will lift my hands in praise. Now I will lift my hands in a new song. Now I will lift my hands with a new anointing. Now I will lift my hands with a new perspective. Now I will lift my hands with a new perspective. Now I will lift my hands with a new perspective. Now I will lift my hands with a new mind. I will lift. I realize that he's never too far. He's not a way that my arm cannot reach him. He's not a way that I cannot see him. He's not a way that I cannot embrace him. I realize that I don't need to touch the hem of his garment. Because I have his spirit living inside of me. And when I'm feeling weak and down. And I want to scream. Ah! need help I turn into myself and look with what is in me and I say Lord I know my help comes from the Lord the maker of heaven and earth for you are with me for you live inside of me you are right there inside of me who am I preaching to this morning Every one of you that need help upon your life run to us also very quickly.